0: I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Alright, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more all from trusted sources that will get you that remote job so if you're ready and serious to take the next step then visit theoffbeatlife.com learn online skills to get started again you can visit theoffbeatlife.com learn online skills to get started Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being here for this extended interview with Chris, where we're going to talk about how to grow your podcast audience and community. Hey, Chris, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm I'm about the same as when we last talked.
0: (laughs) If you all haven't done so already, make sure to check out Chris's initial interview where he talks about his journey, how he's able to kind of balance this traditional and unconventional life that he leads. And he has a really interesting um, journey. So make sure you check that out. But today we're going to talk about podcasting because you're pretty much an OG. But before we do that, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life?
1: Oh, that's that's a tough question. (laughs) I am trying not to necessarily to live an off be late. I'm just trying to live the life that I want with the mix of things that works for me and not worry so much about anybody else's definition of what success is. I think that's that's probably the biggest thing has been the decision for me is I haven't always taken the mo- the job that pays more. I have sometimes walked away from really good jobs with really good people because I wanted to go in a different direction. Uh, That is the the hardest thing to do, I will say. It's easy to leave a job when you hate it, but it's hard Mm -hmm. to leave a job when you like it. But, you know, sometimes it's not the direction you want to go.
0: That's a subject that I definitely had to go through. And you mentioned that, Chris, is that... When something is really bad, when you're in a toxic work environment or you just don't love anything, it's easy, right? But when there's really nothing wrong and you let go of that, it's kind of people think you're insane. And sometimes you kind of question yourself when when you do that as well, right? So
1: It's best to not get into the toxic work environment. (laughs) You can avoid that. That is uh, really very important. Yeah.
0: And that's an easy no. That's an easy let go. Be like... Bye. See you. I can well, move on. <laughs> you
1: learn what things to look for too with experience, or if you know, you know talk to your friends who've had experiences, you know what should they have noticed that they didn't notice before they went into that, and and you know you look for the boss who is this power hungry, for instance, you know, that's going to be a problem. Or you look for the person who, who is the yeller. <laughs> My son has worked for some of those. I don't think I've ever worked for someone like that. I did work for somebody who apparently, and I wasn't there threw himself down and literally gave a tantrum.
0: What? The of a senior staff. Are they team. like so four years like, old? <laughs> well, that was what I said when I heard the
1: story, but <laughs> so, but uh, you know, avoiding those things is probably the number one thing you can do. And sometimes that means saying no to a job when there is no other offer on the table. And that's hard. Yeah.
0: That's,
1: that's really hard. That's
0: really difficult, especially if you have a family to support, you have to support yourself. So that's, you know, that's a tough decision, but sometimes you have to stick to your, to, to who you are as a person as well and go through the struggles even, you know, the things that you don't want to go through, sometimes that happens. Well,
1: and the, the funny thing, and the thing that I think that when you're younger, you may not always realize is, even if you have that job that is not ideal, the better you are at your job, the more opportunities you're going to create for yourself. And the more, you know, for instance, when I was a contractor for uh, six years, you know, working part-time, I worked for people who I had, Worked for previously for at least half that time, you know, basically worked my way into roles because as soon as they had something they needed, they knew they could call me and rely on me. And so, you know, going back to jobs that I didn't burn my bridges at, for instance, for three of those six years was definitely, oh, so actually, so it was at least four of the six years, four or five of the six years. So a lot of the contract jobs I got, I got through, you know, my LinkedIn network, not through any sort of want ads and things like that. That's not how jobs are found. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, jobs are found through connections. and, um, And if you're the guy they remember as... You know, being someone who was good to work with and got the job done well, then you will have more opportunities, even more non-traditional opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why you have to always do well, you know, um, do your best yeah, with with everything that you do, even when the situation is not ideal, because at least, you know, at the end of the day, even when you leave, you did your best with with that, so speaking of doing your best, one well, there's so many things that you do well, but one of the things that you do <laughs> really, you're best at. One of the things that you're best at is your podcast, and you, you've grown it, and you have millions of listeners. And you know, we not all at d- one time. <laughs> you never know, soon, soon enough. Um, all crowded around the <laughs> <a> little iPhone. <laughs> And um, you know, one of the things that me and you talked about is this is a question we get asked a lot from wannabe podcasters or podcasters already. So, can you tell us, I guess, your secrets? Because obviously, we have (laughs) secrets uh, with this. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know. (laughs) One is uh, one is you don't give up. Uh, That definitely helps to you know be the last one standing. I think there are a couple things that should be said, but shouldn't, you know, shouldn't have to be said. One is you have to figure out who your audience is. And that really means you have to figure out who your audience isn't and what kind of show you're not doing. And so I write, for instance, on a almost hourly basis (laughs) to people who are pitching me things saying that's, that's not the format of my show. (laughs) That's not what I do. But of course, when I started, I didn't know what the format of my show was. I thought, and we mentioned this in the other interview, I thought that the format of my show was going to be me telling my travel stories, and it wasn't going to work because I wouldn't have had enough stories because I wasn't traveling full-time. And then even if you are traveling full-time, it's hard to find the time to record. That's what you'll, when you talk to people who are, you know, full-time nomads, it's hard to create content if you don't slow down. So it's, you know, there is that balance always. And so, you know, it took a while to figure out that the format of my show is that I'm looking at, you know, what I ended up with is I'm looking for a destination worth flying to for a North American traveler. So I'm focusing on North American travelers. And when I say North American, really I'm meaning, you know, English speaking, so predominantly U.S. and Canada. And, you know, I have people who listen all over the world and I love having listening to them. We try and remember that there are people listening who wouldn't know you know, American history when we're talking about something in in the U.S. and we're talking about a historic thing. So we try and explain those. We try and keep your listener in mind, but you do have to pick, you know, who are you for? And, you know, we don't do fly and flop vacations, you know, where you you fly to the beach and stay there for a week and just read a book on the beach. And it's not that I think that that is a A bad vacation. (laughs) It's not that I think that some people won't enjoy that. It's not my style of vacation, but also it makes for boring audio. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, what did you do, Chris? (laughs) It's just not that that interesting.
1: (laughs) And, you know, for the same reason I don't have on PR people, because I think when someone is paid to tell you that this is the perfect place for everything, it lacks credibility. Um, so you know you've, figured, you've got to figure out those things first of who you are and who you're who you're not for. What shows do you not do? And then there's a there's a decision also in terms of are you a timely show or are you a long tail show? So for instance, and I've done both in the travel space, so it's easy to talk about that. Uh, for ten years, I worked with Gary Arndt and Jen Leo doing this week in travel. I bowed out earlier this year, but. Um, that was a show that talked about travel news every week. So we would you know, pull some stories from the news. We would talk about them. You never run out of things to talk about. That's a really great part of that format. And we do a roundtable discussion. We'd have a guest on then and we'd talk to them. But there's some segment of that show, usually about a third of that show, which is very fixed in time. And what that meant is that not that many people went back and listened to all our episodes or listened to the older episodes. For Amateur Traveler, it's, it's quite the opposite. I get most, in, especially in the summertime, but really in any given month, most downloads are for older shows. They're not for the show that just came out. Uh, because if you're going to, you know, I've had people say, I, I found you because I was going to Azerbaijan and you were the only <laughs> podcast I found that covered Azerbaijan. Uh, so, you know, when I'm covering Azerbaijan, I know we're not going to cover it again in a week. Because there's so many, you know, we only cover 50 des- destinations in a year, You're usually more like 47, 48. I usually take a few weeks off. And so we're not going to cover that again, best case for six, maybe even 10 years. So we want to make sure that it's, you know, in depth enough. I've definitely done shows earlier on that I wouldn't do again. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that show out because it didn't have enough depth, you know, and that's a learning process. But I'm trying to make that show so that it has a long tail and so that people will find value with it five, ten years later. But that also means there are things I can't cover. When the tourism board says, we want you to come cover this festival that we're doing this year, it's like, do you do it every year? No. It's like, (laughs) sorry, I don't don't do that. That's not the format of my show. So you have to figure out, you know, some of those things if you – are building a long tail show it's going to have probably a longer it's going to take a while longer to build up an audience and you, most podcasts take a while to build up an audience they tend to build relatively slowly and word of mouth tends to be the number one thing that builds an audience more than anything else is you know when people are talking about travel and they mention you know how do you know that well i heard it on this show that's that's what you're looking for more than anything else. The second best way, and, well, and you need to do that, right? You need to make sure that people want to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some people aren't going to like it, right? Some people are not going to be your people, and that's okay. Because you're too old, you're too young, you're too into parties, you're not into partying enough, you talk too much about museums, you don't talk enough about music, you know, whatever. Some people are your listeners and some people are not. And that's fine. But you know, you need to be have a show that for your audience is uh, dependable, consistent, um, and and entertaining or educational or both, preferably. Uh, but then, in terms of other ways that you can use, you can try social media. I find it relatively ineffective to promote podcasting, and I've you know done everything <laughs> in in social media. There, it's going to work for some people better than it's worked for me, probably. You know, if you were doing the, we're doing our, um, so I think of a podcast that happened for a year, oh gosh, 10, 12 years ago now, that was a year in Europe. And it was a great podcast. It it went on for a year (laughs) as this couple spent a year in Europe. That's a kind of show that would work better to do social media promotion because there's always going to be new content that is being created and you can do new, you know, I'm there and therefore I've also got some pictures here. It would work better with a social media audience where, you know, here's some pictures of this, and we're going to talk about it on this week's show. My show is not that. I'm usually sitting here in my office is recording it. So that's a disadvantage for me using social, is, you know, if I took a picture of where I am every day, it would look very, sim- <laughs> very similar. <laughs> you know, and, and when I'm out traveling more, I do more social media. But I haven't found it that getting somebody off of Instagram or off of Facebook, off of Twitter, uh, off of Pinterest, and over to a podcasting platform to be that easy again it works better for some than than for others the things that definitely we know work is if you can put yourself in front of people who are podcast listeners and be interesting and entertaining that is the best way to grow an audience and so when someone says hey i've got a podcast called uh, you know the offbeat life uh, would you like <laughs> to come on my on my show and and talk about your offbeat life you say well i don't know if i have an offbeat <laughs> life but yes <laughs> Absolutely, I'd love to, uh, and then you try and figure out whether you can be of of any help to them, right? You don't want to just do all, any show that you can that you really have nothing to offer, but um, if you can get in front of it's it's like a blogger if you can get in front of somebody's audience doing guest posts, you know that can help as well, and there is. SEO, you know, SEO can help as well because, you know, Google can help find podcasts that can help, although I don't find it's the number one way that people discover me. You know, Pinterest helps, but I don't find it's the number one way that people discover me. Having SEO in your podcast title and your description and your episodes is a way that people discover you. And so what you should do, for instance, when you're naming a podcast and you're thinking about what it should be, you never use a name like Amateur Traveler. <laughs> it's a little too late for me, but, but save yourself. <laughs> because first of all, there's two different ways to spell traveler. There's the UK way and the US way. And second of all, no one apparently from the Google hits that I get can spell amateur at all. <laughs> and if they're looking for amateur, um, some of the Google traffic I get... When they look for amateur Vietnamese video, it turns out they're not looking for travel at all. <laughs> so they are not my people. They're, they're looking for something else entirely, and we won't get into that. But so, for instance, the second podcast I did is a Bible study podcast, and it's called The Bible Study Podcast. So that if you go into, you know, the system and you say, I'm looking for, you know, this, you, they ought to be able to find you. And so your name, as you consider that your name, is show, don't be too cute. So I would try and do something that makes sense. So, you know, are people searching for offbeat life or are they, you know, what are they searching for? And think about that before you name the show. Unlike me, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I used to joke with, uh, someone whose blog was, um, sexy fun traveler <laughs> because she started blogging after me, um. And I thought, darn, I could have been Sexy Fun Traveler. (laughs) Of course, unfortunately, when I say that, people laugh way too loud. (laughs) So that might not have been a good brand for me. But, um, you know, it it was available. So I could have searched longer. There were other things available. I'm not sure what I would have called my show if I had done it right. But Amateur Traveler, the reason I named it, just so you know, is that in the Latin? For those of you who know your Latin, amateur means what, Debbie?
0: Someone who's, um, you know, they're they're brand new and they're they're just beginning. Mm, not from the Latin, really.
1: No. Well, think about your Latin. What words are like amateur? Amas amore oh. means to do something for the love of it. Yeah. You're not quite as old as me to remember <laughs> that all Olympic athletes used to be amateur athletes. And it didn't mean they were bad. It meant they weren't paid for it. They were doing it for the love of it. Oh. And so amateur travel to to travel for the love of it, for the love of travel. And so it meant something. It's just really, you know a little esoteric and there's a lot of podcast names that are that way. You know, you can name your podcast about you if people already know your name. Yeah. But otherwise don't use it. So, you know, you know the number one way that you can become a famous travel writer? Yeah, how become famous and then start travel writing. <laughs>
0: well that that you can be famous with anything once you do that right yes, yes
1: exactly and that's that's true of podcasting also so but for those of us who don't have that advantage um so definitely you know saying yes to to guest interviews pr then can be helpful um although not as much as you'd think um it's you know the first time you're quoted in the chicago sun times or the new york uh, times or Or something like that. You you run to your podcast stats and you wait for them to to (laughs) blip, and they don't. And you're like, "What was that all about?" (laughs) Uh, And that just it's very hard to convert people from, uh, especially print media, old style print media, into listening. And easier now that people know what podcasting is. Harder when it started, which you know the stories were just coming about about what podcasts were. So, you know, that's that's the kind of things I've learned. It's I wish I could say there was a magic bullet if there is, I haven't found
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been doing this for a very long time, so it's definitely consistency. And I definitely agree with you getting on other podcasts where you know podcast listeners are going to be is one of the best ways to do it, and I found that to to have worked as well. So
1: Well, and one thing I would tell people if you're going to start a podcast you know here 's the bad news the the average podcast in terms of downloads or I think maybe the maybe it 's the median podcast is around two hundred downloads per episode. So most podcasts don 't get famous. most podcasters don 't get rich and most podcasts also die before ten episodes you know that 's <laughs> one of the reasons why those numbers stay low is that it it can be a lot of work. And then some of us are crazy and make it even more work because I do a, a show and have ever since episode five, that is an enhanced show that has pictures and links. And that takes another two hours to put in to every episode. So, uh, and not everybody even looks at those pictures, but, you know, it's something that I, I value the product. So it's an edited show and it has the pictures and links in there and, and all that does take time. And so it, it is something that it's easier to put together a show that is a little lower quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. It's It's just easier. <laughs> and sometimes that's the appropriate amount of effort. Yeah. Right? That you're going to get just as much traffic with uh, a little rougher edge show than you will with the other. It just depends on the audience that you're going
0: for. Yeah. And you know, you do it because you love it, right? You do it for the love yes. of it. Cause you're yes. an amateur that is, traveler. <laughs> that
1: is cool. heard that. <laughs> Occasionally I get called, you know, well, I thought the show was amateurish and it's like, it's on the label. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Love that. Well, all of these tips are extremely helpful. So y'all just heard this. There's really no big secret to this. You just have to keep at it and learn your audience and learn what you love to do. Do it with passion. Do it consistently. Go out there and share it with the world. Right. That's. Pretty much.
1: It's just, it's just that simple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think also f- uh, finding your niche. It would be a little harder for me to start today with as broad a podcast as I'm doing. For instance, if I were to start today, it might make more sense for me to do a California podcast, especially here, you know, where I've been locked down for the last, you know, a couple of years, spending more of my time in California. And it might also then be something that would go along with the, you know, the California blog I'm trying to grow. And, and there's advantages to that. It's a little harder than... The, the the problem with that is for people, for instance, blogging. We always run into this. You know, I come up with my show, my uh, my my show, my, my <laughs> blog, and I decide I'm for twenty something people, and then I turn thirty, <laughs> or I decide for you know I'm for people who travel with babies, and then my babies grow up. Mm. So, so you do need to think. I, I always loved that um, uh, Stephanie Yoder, who had twenty something traveler, that when she bought that domain, she also bought thirty something traveler. <laughs> you go, girl, you're at least thinking ahead
0: Out of the game. That's right. Yeah,
1: But you know, there is the thing where, hey, I've, I've done the local blog or the local podcast. And now I get it, you know, I want to get invited to someplace else. You know, what do I, what do I do? Because I put myself in a niche. And, you know, that's a balancing act. Uh, so some people will do two.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's,
1: twice as much work yeah it's, so. it's
0: twice as much work but if you're up to it then go for it <laughs> <laughs> i love that well thank you so much chris for being here with us we really appreciate all of these tips especially for those of you who want to be a podcaster this is it this is the most asked questions we get aside from how you make money from it <laughs> thank you chris if our listeners want to know more about you where can they find you
1: the best place to find me is amateur Perfect. And Traveler spelled the US better without two L's.
0: (laughs) Yes. Just to be clear. There you go. An
1: amateur, apparently, Google will take however (laughs) you want to spell it. Love
0: that. Thanks, Chris. We really appreciate you and all of the tips that you gave us. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Chris. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview, how he turned from an amateur traveler into an award-winning globetrotter. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you wanna be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe.